0: Welcome to Get Into It, produced by RICO Theatricals. We deep dive into the big questions of our industry. Our two hosts take a look into the theater industry today through panel discussions and asking the necessary and sometimes unnecessary questions. Our show airs every Thursday at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern on our social media at RICO Theatricals. Now, please welcome our hosts dash
1: perry and tyler dobies hello we're back 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 again i'm dash perry
2: <laughs> and i'm tyler dobies and this and is, this is
1: get into into it. It. <laughs> i decided to do a whisper today get i love the whisper i was about
2: to do like siren meow, get in, but i had to we had to collaborate we had a, we had a very follow, very follow, new had york, follow, york really,
1: of you very new york of right, you.
2: always sirens Got everywhere it. every day Get I it. want to get into something. Okay, I'm sure, sure. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's what we're here to do. That's what we do here. <laughs> that's what we're here to do. <laughs> I want to get into the most recent thing that you've listened to in terms of, like, music-wise. Uh, the most
1: recent thing I've listened to was Driver's License by... Olivia Rodrigo, I think it's Rodrigo, it may be Rodriguez. Ooh. And um, I saw a friend post it. I've seen a lot of people posting it. Uh-huh. I was on her story and she was like living my emo white girl life right now. And I listened to it and it was very much that. I was very much like in the like hands on head, like this for the people who wow. can't see me. I'm doing a very much a hair grab. Like I'm back in high school. I want to be in the car. Like I love him. I'm driving past his house, but I can't love him. It was very much that. And I was into it. I'm into it.
2: She's what like, I don't
1: think
2: I've ever heard of this artist. Who Tell me about what's her.
1: I truly, I've only heard this song from her, but the vibe is very much. It's like, it's like, I would say a, a pop. It's a neo pop song. Very heartfelt. Um, but I was enjoying it. Other than that, I've been, A lot of, always a lot of Beyonce, you know, the, oh, you know, I actually did, I did a little dance class yesterday and I got me into a little bit of Billie Eilish, but I will continue on that and later, (laughs) but yeah, what about you? What have you been listening to? What have I been
2: listening to? Okay. I want to pop up our, our show title first. Get into it. it. Get
1: get into what you're listening to.
2: Get into what I'm listening to. Yeah. I have been, okay. I actually have been rediscovering, you know, I actually, okay. Mm -hmm. There's playlists. I do, I pay for this is controversial. Oh, <laughs> I use I use Amazon Music. Literally, <laughs> who does this? Who does this? And it's only okay, it's only because I'm lazy and I have an I have an Echo Dot. Uh-huh. And I don't want to say play this song on A- on Apple Music or on Spotify to I just want to say play this song and then I mm. want Alexa to, to do the thing. No. Um so that's on I mean, me.
1: I totally hear you because I'm in the shower and I'm like, Alexa, can you play Road Less Traveled by Fateh on Spotify? Right. And she's like, here's Road Less Traveled by Dolly Parton. And I'm like, oh my God, please, Alexa, just give me what I want.
2: Alexa be driving me up the wall. Crazy, crazy.
1: But you know what, a, what other soundtrack is kind of the soundtrack of my life right now? What? what? This impeachment of Mr. Donald Trump. This it's just like all wait, I Wait, 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 Dash. wait. <laughs> Wait, I didn't even say what I was listening oh, to. Oh, no, go ahead. Sorry, sorry, sorry.
2: <laughs> we, got, so we got sidetracked. Um, what all I was right. going to say, but I do want to talk about that.
1: Yes, we'll get I into that. I'll talk
2: about that in just a moment. Um, mm. But anyway, they have these Rediscover playlists. Mm. So I was just rediscovering Drake. Oh. His like discography, all his music. But He's then dead. also, in a, in, a, in a turn of events that only you know could be possible for a musical theater pe- person, uh-huh. I started Rediscovering Dogfight. Okay. I was like, okay, I'm going to take this idea of rediscovering Drake and shift it into the dog shift fight. It to dog fight. obsessed with, you know, obviously Lindsay Mendez, I'm mm-hmm. obsessed with Emily Ashford. Classic
1: Paul the obsessed. tenors.
2: Obsessed. Tenors sing higher. Why yes. not? Why not?
1: <laughs> Why not? Guys, see oh. the vote she hasn't she uh, hasn't uh, been warmed up in a little while. Uh, 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 okay. But I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. i you up the impeachment. Is that's the soundtrack that's like it's living rent-free in my head right now. Everything you listen to is the impeachment. What's right. Donald Trump done? What is he going to do next? You know, I don't want to give him too much time on the show, but what I do, what it's it's a shame because people, more people than mm-hmm. are trying to hold him accountable. More people are asking for him to stand up and say this is what I did and right. maybe maybe I'm sorry. Maybe just recognizing that I, that he did that. Accountability. It's very big. And that brings us to the question of the day what? what is the role of accountability in theater?
2: What is the role of accountability in theater? That's a big question. That's a huge, That's a question. huge question. But let's and break I... it down. Let's talk about theater from the beginning of time.
1: Let's take it all the way back. I'm talking all the way back to 2000 BC. The Egyptians, darling, the Egyptians were doing passion plays. They were doing plays about religion, about their pharaohs, and about their gods to teach the people, teaching the children about what was going on at the time. So even when we think all the way back to then, the role of theater in general is to hold people accountable. And then we fast forward just a little bit. Now we're at about 500 BC. We're with the Greeks. We're having a fun time drinking wine, party, partying it up to party Dionysus. Woo, 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 let's go Dionysus. But not with we're, we're talking about the Bacchae. We're talking about Oedipus Rex. We're talking right. about politics. The theater is teaching people and telling sides of the political story kind of like now. And I'm sure we'll have many more plays talking about what's happening right now. And we already have some, but the role of theater is to hold people accountable in a way like sitting in a room and being accountable, holding everybody in a moment to be there together.
2: In a moment together. That's really powerful. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Even from the beginning, right? Even from the beginning. Straight up
1: talking about religion, talking about politics. That's like, everything that people are, or especially at that time.
2: And I can't wait to get into this with our guests. I also want to talk about like accountability as like a, a personal thing too. Mm-hmm. Right, So it's like a societal thing that you're talking about, but also, you know, what does it mean to hold yourself accountable as a theater person, as a theater artist, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. For, for me specifically, I see myself like using cause social media, like a little tangent, social media can be very like, taxing and like keeping you on it, but I've kind of challenged myself to hold myself accountable to use it to spread information. So it's like, there's a bunch of casting people talking about certain things for trans people or people of color. And I take that information and send it to the people that I know rather than just like, here's a cute pic of me, snap. And that's like at least one way that I try to hold myself accountable in the entertainment way on this app, on that app at least. That's beautiful hmm What about you? Any ways you try to hold yourself accountable?
2: Oh boy. It's, it's uh, bringing other people into the picture. Mm. I think I mean, right? It's like mm-hmm. billing. I mean, in a way it's calling my, it's, it's outsourcing. I'm outsourcing like my personal accountability. <laughs> um, therefore, so that I can have like a committee of people who are going to keep me on track and make sure mm-hmm. that I'm going to be doing the things mm-hmm. that I should be doing. Right.
1: Of course. And speaking of accountability, Let's talk about someone that I know who's held me accountable as well as I think himself, Mr. Tim Hughes and his role in Performer's Puzzle. Pop it up right there. Over at Performer's Puzzle, which was founded by Timothy Hughes, you dance live every Wednesday with this. I mean, you've if you haven't seen him, go and see him. He is he's in Hades Town, he's in the Greatest Showman. He's the best. And not only do you have dance classes on Wednesdays, you have a Motivational Monday where you talk as well as move. And he brings on speakers. Most recently, he had Leslie Margarita as well as he's had a few other guests as well. And they, the whole thing about Performance Puzzle is finding where you fit in this puzzle and not being afraid to leave with your whole piece. So just because you may have not fit into that piece of the certain show that you auditioned for or this or this or that, you're still going to leave as your whole piece. And as well as that, um, on the Facebook page that we have, he spotlights members because it's global. He spot, like last week, it was a woman from Mexico City. And so it's just so great to see the accountability that he's holding to keep everybody dancing and performing and really- Keeping that artistic life alive.
2: And it looks like you get some virtual dance
1: classes. Mm-hmm. The monthly membership. Monthly membership. Right. Every Wednesday you dance, and on Monday you have Motivational Monday. And a mm-hmm. whole, and it's more than just dance classes, it's a community. And you'll hear him when once you join Performers Puzzle, you'll hear him talk about the community and really get that sense of performing again.
2: Wow. And how would how, how I find this?
1: You are going to go That's to nice. performerspuzzle.com com forward slash
2: join. Wow. Performerspuzzle.com forward slash join. I think they're also on Instagram, performers at performerspuzzle. Mm-hmm.
1: And you can go and follow Mr. Timothy Hughes as well. And you can find a link there as well.
2: That's amazing. Mm-hmm. And now, I mean,
1: it's that, it's that time of the show.
2: It's that time of the show. It's that time of the
1: show <laughs> where we bring in the guests to really get into Can't it. Into it. And so the first guest is really close to me. Um, they're my other half. They are the Sarah to my Cool house.
2: Oh my God. You may
1: have also seen them in Lion King, the national tour. Come on, it is Leanne Antonio.
3: Hey, hey, hey! Get into it!
1: Yes, Leah. Yes. But that's not it.
2: That's not it.
1: Nope.
2: We have another guest. And oh my god, I think you've heard about him just particularly bit. from this podcast. Even right originally, you'll know him from Wisconsin, Shadow Wisconsin. Also, I'm um, probably more primarily you'll know him from obviously the greatest showman mm-hmm. Hadestown, Frozen, uh-huh, Chaplin, uh-huh. the musical, but also not only a performer, but a teacher, dedicated teacher, right? With Open Jar Institute, Actor Therapy, Broadway Arts Alliance, and his own creation, the Performer's Puzzle, yes. Mr. Timothy Hughes.
4: Hello. Thank you for having me on. Get into it. Yeah. <laughs> Get into it.
1: Thanks for coming, you guys. Why Thanks don't we so much start for
4: having
1: with me. With Tim, yes. tell us a little bit about yourself.
4: Um, Well, thank you so much for um, plugging Performance Puzzle. That's been my um, project in quarantine for sure. Um, You know, when the pandemic hit and kind of all theater performers had the rug pulled out from underneath them, it was really hard to motivate, um, and I um, kind of lost a sense of artistry for a while. So I created this online community called Performance Puzzle, and it's been amazing. Um it has been uh, so tremendous to be able to reconnect with myself as an artist, as a dancer, and then to kind of connect to this global like-minded theater community um, mm-hmm. who all just were felt like they were missing out on that shared experience that you know we have with live theater um so that's my side as a teacher with performers puzzle but uh before that i was uh in um the broadway show hadestown mm-hmm. um, before that i originated the role of Poppy in frozen on broadway um, i am the strong man from the movie musical the greatest showman um and and that's my my little and I'm from Wisconsin. I are you from Wisconsin?
2: I'm not from Wisconsin. Oh. So.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I just saw the, the bio and I was like, okay, this is perfect. <laughs> mm-hmm,
4: mm-hmm. And I'm from Wisconsin, yeah. Yes. I feel like
2: everyone has a connection to the Midwest somehow.
4: Yes. Somehow, yeah. Somehow. There's uh... a little bit.
2: oh, I think we well, I think
1: all of us do here.
4: Yeah. So you, guys, you guys went to school, right?
1: Uh yep. Yeah. I went to Ball State in Indiana. And Leanne, how about you? What are you up to? Who are you? Tell us about yourself. Right,
3: right. Let me tell you about myself. <laughs> yeah, let's get
1: into it. Get into Leanne.
3: <laughs> There's really not much to say because, you know, I'm very, very new in the industry. I graduated from the University of Michigan in 2019. Um, and then I started the tour of The Lion King right after that as a swing which is just crazy and then 2020 is null and void so (laughs) basically this (laughs) is my second year in the industry pretty much Mm -hmm. so she's fresh
2: come on fresh fresh.
1: tilapia (laughs) (laughs) we
3: We
2: have we have a comment also midwest stand up (laughs) yeah
1: It's a it's a it's an interesting place. I mean, I'm Leanne and I are from South Florida. It was very much like hot city moving, like gotta grind. And then I moved to the Midwest and I was like, all right, time to slow down, like get into the cornfields, get into the get in nothing
2: the to do. <laughs> but get into the open highway.
1: Get into <laughs> roads everywhere.
4: Lots of highways, <laughs> lots of roads.
1: <laughs> so you guys were backstage when we were kind of getting to our question of the day. What is the role of accountability in the theater? Um, what, is, what does accountability look like for you personally? What does accountability look like before we open it up to something larger?
4: All right. Yeah.
3: Um, thanks for calling me out. Yeah.
4: <laughs> well, ladies first. It's my Midwest, my, my Midwest uh, manners. And <laughs> and you, thank you,
3: Wisconsin. Um,
4: yeah.
3: Tyler, I think I'm, I'm like you. Uh, accountability for me is uh, making sure that I have people that I can trust um, right. in my corner who can hold me accountable when I'm not being the best uh, person for myself. Someone I can call, someone who calls me out. Um, respectfully and in a loving way, I think that's the best way to hold myself accountable is to have a loving community around me at all times. Mm -hmm.
1: Come on, community.
4: Yes. I think for me, it's been... um, I'm holding myself accountable by um, reading as much as I can, staying informed. Education is a way to hold myself accountable. Um, I also hold myself accountable in um, standing up for what I believe in, standing up for what I believe is important. Um, I think truly in this this current uh, momentum, the, the, the rise of awareness of systemic racism, I hold myself accountable as a white person mm-hmm. um, um, for the privilege that I have been um, a- allotted and the responsibility to um, share with other white people what that means. Um and I and I think I am especially need to be accountable for that in order to try to um, create some effective change. So that's just the many ways I'm trying to hold myself accountable.
2: That's really brilliant, Tim. Thanks for sharing that. I think what I was what I've been kind of meditating on as as this thing is like accountability. I think we often initially start, okay, this is going to be a positive thing, right? Mm -hmm. accountability is good but i mean we could really hold ourselves accountable to something really bad if we wanted to right i was talking with dash earlier (laughs) right okay you said you told me that you were going to lie to this person but you told the truth right there's still accountability there but what i think is really important is the self-awareness that you are creating for yourself and bringing to it and lining up values Mm -hmm. that you want to hold yourself accountable to and positive things Mm -hmm. yeah let's talk
1: about let's talk about values i'm gonna get i'm gonna get all the way into it
2: Get all the way into it
1: in the summer when we obviously saw you know the um disregard for black bodies um there was a lot of people there was a lot of people of color on the broadway side doing a lot of work to push a new narrative and say broadway we see you like we see you Mm -hmm. and there was a lot of broadway a lot of casting a lot of producer there was a lot of people who were really quiet. And that, and especially, like, I just graduated, and I was, before I was stunted by COVID, I was just about to get into this, I was about to get into it. And it was so sad to see so many of these these gatekeepers, these Helmers of, like, what we do, not say anything, not Mm. say anything. And what they did say was nothing that was pushing toward any type of change. And so I know that another thing that I started to hold myself accountable for was to do, do more work, to not just sit here and wait. And so I joined Cast Black Talent and I started working with casting directors to see like, not only am I a performer, but what can I be doing to provide for the people who, who won't have to see this happen again, where once they look around, they're like, who else is here other than us? Like where are these people who are hiring us or like the image of when the uh, Color Purple won all of their awards at the Tonys and you see the people representing that show, and it doesn't even look like the show. And so that was something that was very hard for me looking at this thing that I like aspire to, the the Broadway. It was, it was, it was disheartening. But there's a lot of work that I realized I had to do still, and it's it's never really done.
2: Dash, I was gonna say <laughs> I, thought, I, I was gonna actually prove it to you, Timothy, because I think that it it takes a amount, a certain amount of listening and quieting your own self and your own thoughts about a certain subject or whatever to really take in a new, a new view, a new viewpoint, and then therefore hold yourself accountable to that new thing. So I'm interested, and actually, obviously, Leanne, you can definitely chime in too, about things, like, what does that process look like? You know, you were talking about, you know, holding other white people accountable, right, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, But I wonder, like, what what does that look like, you know, listening and
4: well, I think you know that that deafening silence that Dash was talking about that that was from heard from so many um, it, at first glance was just like shocking. But I do think there's an element. Uh, I'm hopeful that um, that 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 some of that silence was met with uh, um, the need to listen um, and mm-hmm. to sit back and, and listen. But I think what that also was indicative of, that silence was indicative of these conversations had not been, ha- being mm-hmm. they weren't being had. Mm-hmm. Um, and people weren't well versed in, in conversations on these subjects. Um, and I think people are starting to become more and more, um, I mean, it's not, I wouldn't say comfortable, but, um, more and more experienced in starting to have these difficult conversations mm-hmm. um, and I hope that that continues to um, manifest itself in um, in actual change in structural change mm-hmm. I mean like I like I don't know if that's going to solve the problem of uh of the, the color purple being produced by all white producers but <laughs>
1: not necessarily I, fixing that problem but that's a that's a question that I think was good like me that i have and i'm like okay so all the people on the stage look like this but what does the crew look like and what do the people what does the creative team look like and that's a question that i think is now because of where we, these conversations we're having right now that people are starting to ask it's like yes you can you can want to tell a lot of stories and you should but who are you involving in that process how are you holding yourself accountable to make sure that this story is being told in the best way possible in the best way possible which means that if you're telling a story about these people i would hope that my creative team looks like that and that's where that's where the accountability at least for me as a performer and a creative and a newbie going into this world is is looking for and that's how i want to hold the theater accountable because we're telling stories so let's like let's make sure we're doing it in the best way
2: possible yeah I totally agree, Leanne. I want to bring you into this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim, do you have something to say about that subject? I'm gonna no, no, no,
4: go for it. No, okay. we'll go, forward, go for it. Go for it.
2: You said t- you said something earlier about your committee, right? The people that you have on, you know, to hold you accountable. You talked about you talked about them calling you out, and I'm wondering, I'm interested in seeing like what is the your personal version of what that means for you, um, mm-hmm. because I think right um, there was a big call out of of Broadway and. and Exactly what Dash is talking about, right? But is that what does that look like for you and your the group of people? And is there a difference for you specifically with accountability in terms of calling people in versus calling people out? I know it's a lot of things to talk about, but
3: no, I totally agree. Um, just everything that was going down, I felt like I was uh, in the, the the heat of it because I'm in the Lion King, and the Lion King is mostly a black cast of black people from America, other countries and specifically South Africa. Um, And it it is like Dash said that I walk into a room for this all black show and it is like pretty much white behind the table. So this whole uh, past year was a a bit of a shock uh, to the people that were above us. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it, it, it was tricky navigating how to hold them accountable while still maintaining your job, (laughs) you know, which is, I I think this is something that like black people have to deal with all the time, which is kind of sucks is being able to call people out, but still, um, you know, still being able to stay in the room. which is hard, especially for a big corporation like Disney. I mean, like you know, Disney's a big dog. She's she's mm-hmm. she's up there.
4: She's it. <laughs> she's, large.
3: She's, she's large. She's large. Disney theatrics is you know half of Broadway, large. Pretty much. And yeah. Powerful.
4: Mm-hmm. And powerful. Powerful.
3: So it was a matter of you know us saying, are we gonna put ourselves out there or are we just gonna let let it? Be what it is. Um, thank God uh, Disney opened up the forum, and they're like, "Should we have like you know a big Zoom thing?" And we we're like, "Yeah, let's have a Zoom," and we did. We stated everything that was being looked over, um, and it was like Timothy said, it was very sad to see that a lot of white people, specifically in the industry, just they're walking through life without even realizing any of these problems, um, and. It, it was it was a shock to a lot of them when we did, but we did say what we had to say and we wrote down what we had to do and we were like, we are going to hold you and we are still holding them accountable because we have not gotten back yet and we want to see actual change and not just words. Um, mm-hmm. But it is, it's a really scary thing to hold people in power accountable. Mm-hmm. It's very terrifying.
1: And talking talking about scary, I mean, Mr. Tim, you have a very um, famous internet moment of you. I would say holding the audience accountable. And did you did you fear any backlash? You can talk about that that story a little bit.
4: Oh yeah! Again, under the um, you know powerful umbrella of Disney. Um, mm-hmm. In the aftermath, I was like, oh god, uh, how how does this reflect upon the corporation that I that I work for? Uh huh. Um, but uh, I mean, I, st- I stand by it 100%. Like I, I, I think that, that yeah, that there's no, there was no place for that. It was a, it definitely acted off of um, instinct um, mm-hmm. um, to protect my, my company, to, to, to protect the sanctity of, of what a curtain call means for mm-hmm. us um, as a company with an audience. Um, and thankfully, um, you know, Disney and producers and my cast, and, and most of all, the community had my back, Mm -hmm. Um, so.
3: We sure did. We were like, yeah, you did. (laughs) (laughs) And that's
1: kind of, that. that is that, I think that that good a bit of accountability where whether it was coming from your cast or the higher ups where they easily could have been like, this is a, and, and they are, this is a paying person who came to see this show, but then they started to somewhat disrespect what was happening in that moment and that accountability I'm not trying to speak for you but that what it seemed like watching it that accountability there is like this is not this is not the place nor the time and you don't know who's on this stage or who else is even in this audience that you could be hurting and so that was that was very brave of me to see of you because I was like what would I do? That's kind of like a Patty Lapone moment, like shut off your phone. Like, I always think about it. I'm like, would I would I do it? But you did it. You did I, it. I
4: there, there was no time to, to think, would I do this? Literally, just it it happened. And it wasn't until like 10 minutes after. It wasn't it wasn't until I was like just fuming about it, um, writing that my like my Instagram message about it that I was just like um really letting us settle in what what i was responding to mm-hmm. um, i mean it's it's interesting because like that that show with with frozen on broadway was the first time that we ever had like a safety call in the theater with like bomb sniffing dogs and, wow. and like a security thing and I, and that was for the first time for me i was like oh there's a shift here in the um in the the world that we're creating theater in right now, mm-hmm. like it feels a little bit different. I don't think it's necessarily an evolution. I hope that it's not like that. That's the tra- trajectory that we g- we're going to be on. But mm-hmm. I definitely had noticed a shift. So, um, you know, the the guard was up to right um, to protect a lot of things in that moment, and there was no time to to answer the question of of any of it. I just had to act and. Um, and in hindsight, I'm still glad that I did.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm glad you did, too. We
3: all are. That was some allyship right there. <laughs> yes,
4: yes. Yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate it.
2: So I just how, want to make oh, sure, go ahead. Go ahead, for Tyler. those not aware of what happened, we've just kind of been talking about it, so oh, I just want right, <laughs> to right. clarify, right, it was a moment where there was a certain flag, and mm-hmm. it was a Trump flag in the curtain call, an audience member had it, and mm-hmm. Tim. Somebody,
4: yeah, somebody had come down the aisle and I clocked wow. it as, as danger from the beginning because I was like, ah. what's what's happening here? Somebody's kind of storming the stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, they had turned around and raised a flag, a, tr- a reelect Trump 2020 flag right in front of us as we bowed um and uh i I made swift action to to snatch the flag and this like four or five second video kind of went viral um and in 2020 the flag was snatched again (laughs) (laughs) still snatching (laughs) snatching flags
1: (laughs) um Let's uh, broaden it broaden it up a little bit. Like, we talked about accountability a little bit more specific to us and very specific points, right. but let's open it up to, I mean, still in the realm of theater, but where maybe some shows that you found yourself looking in the mirror or um, asking yourself questions to hold yourself accountable, or a show that fully just put it on right in front of you and you left going, okay, I need to take some action. Like. What, what next? I know for me, one of those was um, what the constitution means to me. Like that was mm-hmm. very much, and like you guys heard me speak on it earlier, going all the way back to 500 BC, we were talking about politics in the plays like that's how we were going to discuss and debate and what was going to happen next and watching the show from with a with a woman and from the perspective of a woman written by a woman was so brilliant to me i mean we we see so much written from the perspective of a man and so watching watching theater hold itself accountable and the women in theater holding theater accountable to say "Wait, wait wait listen we've got a bunch of stories to tell and though politics does not look like the world we live in I'm going to put it on the stage so that I'm going to hold these people accountable to watch it today. And that was that was very moving to me and I walked out and I was like, okay. Yeah, I need to be I need to be making sure that I'm one watching shows that aren't just by men and making sure that I'm pushing those shows just as much as any other show that I'm I'm watching. Right. Cuz that was magic.
2: I remember watching that show for I didn't I didn't get a chance to watch it in person, but I watched it when they put it on Amazon mm-hmm. Prime, which was really 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 valuable and what I think so much, so much of that information that uh, Heidi uh, Schreckner, I believe, is her name. Mm-hmm. Um, she talks about in the show. You know, we don't. We have. We have no idea, right? I had no idea many of these things, right? I mean, I took AP U.S. Government, right. um, <laughs> So I should know these things, but I had no. I had no mm-hmm. idea. But, you know, and, and the scope of the work that you know these, this laws and the languages in the laws has. Mm-hmm. So I think it, it just brings back to the point that we made at the beginning. It's it takes an education and it takes the willingness to listen and learn and mm-hmm. grow and then therefore you have the ability to hold yourself accountable for for things in different in a different way than you had. Right, right. Leanne was talking about how, and so was Timothy. They were talking about how these producers it was it was a complete shock, completely mm-hmm. completely not. And so it, I think it takes a special type of person to interrogate themselves and to figure out okay where are the holes in my view, mm-hmm. what do
4: I need to adjust and, and figure out. What are we missing? do right. oh, I what need to missing? fill in. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting thing coming from the perspective of the actor. Um, and Because we're, we're already kind of on the bottom of a totem pole as far as power is concerned. Ironically, I don't know if people really realize that in mm-hmm. um, theater, but a lot of it is out of our hands. Mm-hmm. Um, until it's not. Until, you know, we're given the opportunity to to make it our own. I feel like my experience with Town, I was I was given the authority, Um, you know, I was given responsibility, and we all were. And I think that's the um, magic of that show, Um, that, like, effervescence that you can only experience when you're in that room Uh with us is that we are all, you know, holding ourselves accountable for what we're contributing to the show. Um, And when I think about what, like, how I'm going to do it in the future as an actor, it's uh it's still a conversation and question that i ha- that i ask myself every day mm-hmm. um, but but dash what you were just saying was really interesting because i don't know if we can hold or expect all theater to be accountable you know oh, there's
1: still, right. no
4: i know yeah i know there's it's really interesting because like mm-hmm. you know there's still going to be an element of fluff and an element of just escapism but for me personally and i think probably for most of us here what makes really great theater is that attention to accountability Mm -hmm. you know on on some level on like or on all the levels like like I think what the constitution means is on all the levels Mm -hmm. but in order for it to be good in my mind I think it has to have addressed the the um this topic of how how is are we holding ourselves accountable this cast and how do we hold the audience accountable I think that's what makes good theater historically and I hope that's part of what people remember especially on a producer's side, moving forward out of this movement.
1: Mm-hmm. And even, I mean, you're absolutely right, because I love my just sit and laugh and watch people kick their face in the theater just as much as the tourists from Wisconsin, you know? Um, how but dare think, you?
2: <laughs> how <laughs> dare?
1: Even, even in that, there takes like like what we are seeing, we are seeing more of it. Like, you know, Miss Sierra Renee being, in, being Elsa and Frozen, like taking, even the shows that we have and holding them accountable to how we, how how we're seeing the world today. Like even there can be accountability on so many scales. And I think what, like, sometimes we miss it at the small bits, just like, who's playing this role? Like, who are we talking Mm -hmm. to? Like that, that is even the accountability for me. It doesn't even have to be as large as being like, here is my agenda because it doesn't always have to be that. But if we're, Just in this in the world of theater that we're talking about, telling stories that hopefully, you know, move the society in some way. At least that's what theater is. That's what theater is for me. Mm. I hope that people are are doing it with the people in mind.
3: Right. I totally agree with you, Dash. Like I it's as a as a, a black woman, it's so hard to find roles where I'm not being a black woman. You know, or I'm not like playing. Here is a black female, and it's the same for for men, the black people, whatever gender or whatever. Mm. But it's like that in itself is changing the view of someone when they go into the room and they see um, like an Anna or an Elsa that looks like them or looks different or like sisters who aren't both white. They're they're different colors because there are mixed families, like mm-hmm. in America. American families don't look all the same, you know, families mm. and don't look all the same. So it's, it's not even like we can use that excuse anymore. Mm-hmm. And like one of my favorite shows right now is Bridgeton. If you haven't watched it, you need to watch it. It's <laughs> so good. But the very fact that we have a black Duke, just being a Duke is just, just crazy. You don't really mm. talk about him being black, or whatever they they mentioned like a small little thing, but it's not even about it. It's just hair. Is this man being a man who's falling in love with a woman? It has nothing to do with him being a black man. You rarely ever see stories like that. So like just seeing that in itself is shifting someone's view without them like shoving race inside of their faces.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I absolutely. As soon as I popped that show on, I was like, "Wow, Shonda has done it again." They're just <laughs> on here. They're just British. They're just British people. They're they're black. They're white. They're families. It was just amazing.
3: All right.
2: The main thing is that they're British. Like that's They're
1: British. <laughs> With a doubt, British. they are British people.
2: Yes. <laughs>
3: But you're not even thinking about the color. Just like when I watched Brandy Cinderella, I did not care right. that we were married to a white man and somehow they had like this Asian boy. Mm-hmm. And then it's just, all the families were mixed, everything was was fine, people were just people. And like growing up watching that, I was just like, oh, the, these are just sisters. This is a mom, like this is, a, it, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it mattered to any of us. So I don't understand why that was a, that's still a thought process for a lot of people. It's confusing. <laughs> Come
1: on, let's start, let's get, let's get more accountable on that. Let's get into yeah. that.
3: Let's get that.
1: Mm-hmm. Mr. Tim, I want, I have another, I want to hear more about the performer's puzzle yeah. for you. I mean, I literally just took this class yesterday and it was so beautiful. I needed that, like, this isn't about, this isn't about technique. This isn't even about getting the right steps or the steps mm-hmm. that I'm doing. This is about feeling this, this inner, this inner self-exploration, which was so beautiful. And Thanks. so, tell us a little bit more about performance puzzle and what what yeah. that's like,
4: yeah, I would love to. So it's uh, it, it was kind of a twofold um inspiration that when i when I decided to start teaching again during um quarantine time, I did um an evolution of choreography through movie musicals, and I did like a week-long camp in the summer. And I mm-hmm. realized it's basically, impossible to teach the same way that I was teaching in New York, because I can't really turn around and see mm. my students um, doing what I'm teaching right. them. Um, and then I also have noticed like the the popularity of the academic approach to theater sometimes is like diluting um, a, a unique passionate part of us as artists. You know, sometimes people come out of college and it feels very formulaic, Mm -hmm. um, which is the exact opposite of what you what makes something really exciting um, for me to watch on stage. So Mm -hmm. I was like there there needs to that needs to be taught and that needs to be practiced um and people need to engage uh, in music and dance and performing again in a way that speaks to themselves to their soul and to their artistry and not to this skill that i have um practiced and and um worked on and refined for the last couple of years so i think those that problem and that both of those issues out of that sprung this community of performers puzzle and the, the whole metaphor is um, you know, for those of you who don't know, I'm, I'm six, seven, so I don't fit into a lot of people's costumes. I don't fit into a lot of worlds. I don't fit into a, a world that has a long line of um, kicking Strowman girls. <laughs> 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 so I do, so the, the whole approach is to really uh, ins- that. And I realized it's not my job to try to fit in my my job is to define my own puzzle piece to define all of um, what makes um, my talent and ability unique and my and my own and so when I leave that audition if I don't get that if I don't get that job my puzzle piece is intact um, and it keeps it's a much healthier mindset and I think it actually has led me to more success and to more people wanting to work with me. So out of all of that, Performance Puzzle started. We dance live on Wednesday nights. Mm -hmm. All the classes are able to be downloaded. The focus is about reconnecting to ourselves as artists, um, reigniting a sense of passion through movement. Um, I love the idea of dance being a human behavior and not a skill that we have to practice you know uh-huh. all babies dance like all kids dance why does, does why does it go away so i love the the full um spectrum of levels it's a part of this community i love the experiences that are coming from across the globe truly mm-hmm. um and i you know i as humbly as i can say the whole reasons behind why i started it are are working like it's it's actually working i'm getting beautiful positive feedback from people. And, um, and that's been really inspiring, really rewarding, and and, like the ultimate silver lining of this crazy, you know, 2020, which would have definitely been null and void otherwise. (laughs) As Leanne said, yeah. So that's performance puzzle.
1: Yeah. So you would say that you're holding yourself accountable as a teacher to teach artistry?
4: For sure, I'm I'm holding myself um, accountable to continue to um, engage with myself as an artist mm-hmm. um, to challenge myself because I never choreographed before, mm-hmm. um, and now I ha- and now I have to, and that's really um, that's really exciting. I, it's 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 the same accountability as like the artist's way. Like you know, if you've ever mm-hmm. done that, like people get up and journal every day. Now I have a set schedule of once a week. I have to churn out a new piece of choreography um, and the way that I'm doing is that as I'm choosing songs that just make me want to dance, you know, I I always say like, what's the song where you like push all the tables out of the way at a restaurant and you just have your own dance party. Like that's the song I want to choose from for class each week. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how I'm holding myself accountable. Like I'm, but it's also all, as we were saying, Tyler, like it's all so positive. Like I'm, right um it's it's keeping me artistic it's keeping me motivated it's keeping me focused and it's keeping me afloat right now Mm -hmm.
1: so instead we didn't do an icebreaker or warm-up so let's do a little cool down (laughs) let's let's cool down let's get into (laughs) what we're listening to let's get into some music that you guys want to shout out that's been living free in your heads you guys heard us earlier i'd love to hear what y'all are talking about
4: well, Dash, speaking of, that song that I, that we danced to, uh-huh. we danced to Billie Eilish, My Future. It has been non so in my head, it's so good. I said, I said in class, Billie Eilish feels like the first artist that I feel too old to be, to really be. <laughs> I feel like it's the next generation of artists and that makes me feel old, but um, I, I am obsessed. I'm obsessed. I'm like down her rabbit hole with all of her albums. She's tremendous so gorgeous. Are, are her pronouns are the her pronouns she or i i don't even know
2: from what i don't know either.
4: okay from what i've
2: good
3: question I think she. yeah
2: good question i think okay. she
4: yeah
3: well i've been listening to jasmine sullivan non <laughs> oh her God. new ep is everything it's cute tales it's so good it's literally it's It's just so freeing. It's very much focused on like the female mind and like female sexuality and like owning that and also like owning the way that females approach relationships. It's Mm. just, it's, it's, it's powerful. (laughs) (laughs) And her voice is just like iconic. It's Jasmine Sullivan.
1: The Jasmine Sullivan.
3: The Jasmine, (laughs) the home, the whiz Jasmine Sullivan. Literally. It was in
4: my head rent free. <laughs> yeah, for sure, mine for too, sure. mine too.
1: Oh,
2: Thank so you so bad. much for joining us.
1: Oh my God, you guys! Today. It has been a hoot and a holler having y'all.
4: <laughs> Thank you for having us. Yes,
1: so, thanks, guys. for all of these queens in the stage today, we love to give a nice queens wave out. Very Bridgerton of us. Let's see that wave, <laughs> Spread, the <laughs> Spread the cream.
4: Spread the cream.
1: Yeah. Oh. Oh, spread Ooh. the cream!
2: <laughs> <laughs> that was so beautiful.
1: That was amazing. That was I, like I felt it in here. I was angry. I was sad. I wanted to cry. I wanted right. to laugh. And so I think what's so,
2: what's particularly beautiful is just like the accountability that Timothy Timothy is like is it's like a skill that he's breeding and cultivating in uh-huh. people, right? Like they're accountable to their own uniqueness. Yes. And their own artistry, which is teaching
1: accountability, teaching artistry. That and that's one thing. It's like, you know, going to university it can be very much like one, two, three, follow these things to do this, but you gotta let go of that sometimes. And that's something that you don't always hear. So and the is like, over real-time. here
2: actually taking action steps, holding big corporations accountable. <laughs> big, we
1: don't want to get her blacklisted, so <laughs> <laughs> well, no, she's not gonna it was sanctioned, it was beautiful. Of and course, I, I it was could, it was very apropos, and yeah. it was moving as well.
2: Okay, now a word from, from our sponsor.
1: sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> um, let, me, let me
2: find, let me find this for everybody, and we're just gonna watch this video. Here we go. Click. Boom. Oop. Momentary. Click. Here we go. Hi, everyone.
0: My name is Ryan Armstrong and we're glad you're here. Our goal is to collect over 5,000 video submissions to break the world record for the Guinness World Records title of largest online video album of people singing the same
1: song. It's a mouthful. <laughs> but the song we chose is from now on from The Greatest Showman. Woo-hoo! We are partnered with
0: Tenglo.com, Broadway Records, and The Actors Fund. Our goal is to raise as much as we can for their COVID-19 relief fund people are struggling right now and Broadway has been closed for what is going to be a year or more. Um, so please help. If you can all the instructions to submit are down below, you can see other people's videos at tanglo.com. Um, the track and all the sheet music is there. Get your friends to submit, get your dogs to submit, get your families to submit. We need 5,000 submissions to break the record. And then we will reveal the music video at the end of December. So, We're glad you're here. We're glad you're with us. And um, if you need anything, there's an email on this page. You can email if you have any questions. But we look forward to your submissions. Thanks so much.
1: Okay, so
2: thank you, Rye. Um, That's our producer, uh, Rye Armstrong of Rye Co. Theatricals. Um, He's in a process of breaking a world record, right? A Guinness World Record. And all the information can be found at hdbcasting.com slash record and we're singing um, that song from The Greatest Showman.
1: Yes, please go and send in your submissions, 5,000 videos, I think that's all we need left. Let's sing. Sing it. Yes, so Tyler, this was was quite the show today. It was, was we got all the way into it. We had some fabulous guests. Greatest Showman seems to be, you know, very apropos on topic right now. We had Mr. Tim Hughes as well as our record over at ryco.com, but it was a beautiful, let's keep holding, I'm gonna hold you accountable and I'm gonna keep using this platform to hold (laughs) me accountable, to learn, to educate myself, it's an accountability circle.
2: It is. And before we go, before we sign off, I just want to point out your beautiful dangly earrings.
1: Oh, (laughs) thank you, Tyler. And I would like to point out your beautiful dangly (laughs) earrings. Yes, we did plan this. We did
2: plan this. For those uh, listening you can't see us, we have these beautiful Mm -hmm. gold. And we got orange and green. Yeah,
1: orange and green. They're polka dot. They were made by Alex Montesino. If she's watching out there, Alex Montesino, go buy her earrings. She makes them at home.
2: All right. Uh, I'm Tyler Dobies.
1: And I'm Dash Perry. You can find us every Thursday at 7 p.m.
2: Or you, uh, well, and you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, um, and I believe Periscope yes. at Ryco Theatricals, R-Y-C-O Theatricals, or ryco.org. So ryco.org.
1: Until okay. next week. Bye.
0: You've been listening to Get Into It, a weekly podcast from the RICO live streaming series produced by RICO Theatricals. Everything you heard was recorded live on our social media at RICO Theatricals. You can support this podcast by sharing us on social media, writing a great review, or donating at www.ryco.org support. Thanks for listening.